Getteth a full, doeth it to his sorrow. And the father of a fool hath no joy. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would continue to minister through the complications of the soul ministry that we've been going through. We've been taking a deep dive into our hearts, into our thoughts, and into our personal lives, things that have been hindrances for years in some cases. And over the last couple of months, there has been healing, and there's been strong and powerful moves of your spirit. But tonight, meet us as you will. Speak to us as you will. Heal us as you will. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. We finalized a couple last week, or week before last, um, about anxiety and, and fear. And, and we come to this conclusion that there is one answer to all of our fears, and that is Jesus. That is the conclusion. As the writer of the epistle said, and the conclusion of the matter, this is the same thing. This is the conclusion. The answer to all of your fear is Jesus. It doesn't matter why we are afraid, if it's a healthy fear of God, if it's our own human frailty, or if we're just afraid of earthly consequences of our sin or or our bad decisions that would possibly lead us to hell or brokenness or pain or misery or if we're just afraid of life in general because we're vulnerable to different types of hurts and the fear of death. No matter what it is, Jesus is the answer. I've never heard anybody say that he was the problem. Jesus is the answer. First Peter 5 and 7, he says, Casting all of your care or your anxiety or your fear of the unknown upon him, for he careth for you. But tonight we're going to go a little bit deeper with what we find in Jesus and what it is that we're looking for. And we're going to look at this feeling that we call happiness, this emotion, this idea of happiness and what makes us happy and how does culture define happiness. And I, 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 I saw something the other day as um, I was looking at, at, at a friend's page, there was a clip of a, of a message and um, it was a young lady who was, who was speaking and, and at, by, by the initial thought that was spoken, I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be good because this is going to be really, really bad. Because she said, Eve had the ability to see good in bad things. So I thought she was getting ready to justify the church 
accumulating and or assimilating into sinful nature in this world. Because her first words were, Eve was able to see good in something that God had said was wrong. But then she began to, to turn around and, and, and say, regardless of what she thought about the fruit, and regardless about her vision of the fruit, it was still completely wrong because God said it was wrong. So it didn't matter how you viewed it or how anybody else looked at it. It was wrong. He didn't say don't look at it because it's kind of hard to see. He said the day that you eat it, you will die. But the problem is, is when you look at something long enough, you're tempted with it. You look at something long enough, you long for it. You look at something long enough and you begin to think. And I think that is one of the reasons why they are throwing this stuff in our face every single day. Because the more that you have to look at it and the more that you have to deal with it, the easier it is for you to say, ah, whatever. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of fighting against it. Just let it. But we have learned this. And I have seen this and you have seen this. You give it an inch, the enemy will take a mile. At first it was, we just want to be accepted. Now it's, we want our indoctrinations in schools. Now it's, we want children to be able to be converted over. Now it's, we want our literature everywhere. Now it's, we want it to be considered a hate crime if you don't see it the way that we see it. And so... They are pushing it. But the nature of God is good. And whatever God has deemed wrong is wrong. And the goodness of God will never lead you astray and lead you to a place where you cannot find happiness and fulfillment. I, I thought about that. We got the church tonight. And Posey walks around the car. And I'm standing there, and I'm on the phone, and we're getting stuff out. And Sister Deneen goes, Posey, it's Nene. I ain't got no problem with that. I know how much that beautiful baby girl loves that wonderful lady of God. It, it warms my heart when, how excited she gets when she gets to see people at the church, and they say, Hey, Posey. Oh my goodness. Makes your heart skip a beat. But the problem was that Sister Nini was across the street. And the first thing that Posey wanted to do was. So Dada had to step in front. No, 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 no. And she couldn't understand why. She just stopped. Is it wrong for her to love her? Is it wrong for her to want to go to her? Not at all. But when it's dangerous for that approach at that time, you see, some things that you want in life, it's not bad for you to want it. Some things that you want in life, it's not bad for you to work for it. Some things that you want in life, it's not bad for you to reach for it. Until it's in a place where it doesn't need to be reached in that time. Next thing you know, you're trying to walk across the street and here comes a mat truck. 
And so that's why Scripture tells us and incites us to wait on the Lord. To be patient. But that's where we have a problem with happiness. Countless people in our world spend their lives trying to cure their unhappiness. Despite the use of drugs, overspending, ultimately people must face the reality that the ways of the world do not bring lasting happiness. They're always trying to attain something that is accessible, but it's not accessible in the way that they're trying to attain it. Sister Nene was going to cross the street and Posey was going to get to be held. But trying to attain it with dangerous things in the way is not the way that you go about trying to fulfill happiness. While not all means of seeking happiness are necessarily sinful, the drive to find happiness leads many people to sin. Sin only deepens the unhappiness since the temporary pleasure of sin brings that the, the temporary happiness that sin brings cannot compare to having a heart at peace or with God. I, I, I'm, I'm not on Facebook a lot. I don't get on there. I don't surf a lot. But I saw something today and I shared it onto my page. One of the, the, the most prolific sports teams that's out there right now is the Oklahoma women's softball team. They are one of the greatest sports teams to have ever existed. And so today at the press conference, two of their team captains were there and one of them asked these ladies a question about happiness and joy. And this young lady says, no, happiness is an emotion. Joy is what I have. I don't worry about anything because my joy comes from the Lord. This is not a sports conference, sports interview. She said, my joy comes from the Lord. And if we win or lose, I still have joy because I still have my Lord and my faith in Jesus Christ. Happiness is a fleeting emotion. And she says, I, 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 I know that this is just a game and some days you're going to lose and some, and some days you're going to win. So if I lose and I lose my joy, that's because my eyes were not looking to Jesus. And then they turn to the other, well, what do you see? She said, she said it. And then this young lady gave her testimony. She said, I came in and I experienced it because we won the championship. But the next day it was like, I was happy. But how long was that going to last? She said, and it was only until I found Jesus Christ. She said, then I had joy. And the happiness that I have in things is only because no matter what I have and I don't have, I still have him. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all need to see that, 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 that interview. And some of you need, a, need a, to kind of get that concept. Living a life of integrity is worth denying the flesh and the reward that comes from obedience to God is greater than the temporary pleasure of sin. The Bible puts into perspective the folly for looking to culture to give the happiness only God gives. In Job the 20th chapter, 
in the fourth verse, he says, Thou knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite is only but a moment. You see, happiness attained in the wrong things is fleeting. Hey, uh, uh, highs from drugs only last so long and you have to go in and reapply. Alcohol only makes you feel good about the situation for so long and then you wake up feeling bad about why and so you have to reapply. But when you find joy in the Lord, you find that it's your strength. It's not fleeting. It doesn't leave because of situation or, or circumstance. When you have joy in the Lord, it's your weapon. It, it's your foundation. When you have joy in the Lord, it's your ability to withstand seasons. When you have joy in the Lord, no matter what anyone says or they don't say to you or how they look at you or they don't look at you, Joy in the Lord is continuous. Amen. Hebrews 11, in verses 25 and 26, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Even they realized of, of days of old, true Value in true life and true wealth come from God alone. I would rather endure the hardships of, of, of Egypt for the season. Because true joy comes from God alone. We sing a song when I was in Bible college. You are my joy. You've turned my morning. Oh, we need to get our spirit to dance back in this church. Everyone wants to be happy, but here is the difference between happiness and joy. But how many people have joy, have true joy? The average person would probably say a person who is happy has joy, but happiness and joy are two different things. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, Unity is not a feeling. Unity is a decision. Unity is not a feeling. Unity is an act of being. If you don't feel unified, it's because you are not unifying yourself. That's how you get in unity. You say, let's get together and let's do this. And so you, you do it. And then, boom, you're in unison. Now, there's different types of unison. 
You can march in unison. That's when you get in footstep and footstep with each other. You can sing in unison. That's when you are singing the same note. Harmonizing is when you disrupt the unison and you're singing the, the same tone but not the same note on different levels or different octaves, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times people want to harmonize. They don't want to unify. Y'all want, want me to stretch on that one just a little bit? You want to harmonize. You want to do it your way, and you want them to do it their way and see where y'all end up. Have y'all ever heard a good harmony? There is a bad harmony, and that's when someone's on it and someone's flat, and they think they're together. I'm not. See, that's, that's, that's the approach that many people have a problem with because rather than getting in unison and getting unified and doing the same thing and going in the same direction, people say, well, you do it your way and I'll do it my way. Rather than coming together because someone's version of worship is this. Are y'all watching? Good, because I ain't doing nothing. And then someone's version of worship is doing this. And so we're not unified. We're not in unison. You think you're harmonizing, but someone's flat. Someone might be going really sharp. That's when you overdo a note just a little bit. But at the same time, hey, quit laughing. Do y'all see where we're going? That's why the church says, clap your hands and make a joyful noise. And everybody begins to clap their hands and make a joyful noise. They don't go, boo. That's one, barely clapping your hands, and that's definitely not making a joyful noise. But to be unified... It leads in a specific direction because joy is a different kind of thing than happiness. It has a completely different meaning. It has a completely different source and it's a completely different definition. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You will have joy in the Lord. You will have unhappy days, but you can still have joy in the Lord. You can have bad days and bad seasons and bad nights, but you can still have joy in the Lord. Galatians 5, says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I, I love that it's right there in the front. Love, because it's important that we love. And it's important that we have the love of Christ and we show the love of Christ. But he said, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and I got this side of the church. Righteousness, peace, and in the Holy Ghost. 
You know one of the greatest feelings is after you have just began to receive the presence of the Lord. You have spoken in tongues and you have, you have just, whew. There is a joy. A joy. I have seen people pass out just laughing. I, you know, I don't see that too much in, in Scripture. I'm like, girl, you were acting like a buffoon. Not, not my wife, but I mean, it's, I'm like, what? Like that wasn't even funny. And I don't know if the Bible says, and you shall receive a spirit of laughter. I don't, I don't see that. But I will tell you what, I will take joy. Amen. Joy for a thousand, Alex. A person can have joy but not really be happy in his or her life or situation. A lot of circumstances in life are not fun. And if we had a choice, we would avoid them completely. And often we do not have that choice to avoid in a lot of our circumstances. But we always have a choice about our attitude and our spirit and choosing to have joy. Joy comes from spending time with God. Joy comes from getting a pleasure out of His Word. Joy comes being from being filled with the Spirit, releasing our desires to Him, trusting Him with our lives. Joy is supernatural and supersedes our circumstances and our emotions. It's like my wife, when, when she's getting all frantic about a situation, she's like, why are you so calm about this? How can you not be getting out of... I've been through hard times. I don't know if you're out in this or not. I was an, eight, I was an evangelist for 18 years when the economy was at its lowest I would drive to a preaching engagement and get just and paid enough money to get to the next engagement. Here's something that's ridiculous, and I'll just throw this bone out to you. You know that a single evangelist, unless you got a big name, you're going to get paid a lot less than what you would if you were married. You know, I could go to a church... And I, I watched this happen. I, 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 I preached one weekend and there was another evangelist coming the next week and they were going to have a, they were going to have a month-long revival. But the evangelist coming back, he was coming with his wife and his child. And it was just me. And I, and I, I saw, because I was friends with the person, he was like, man, I needed that offering. I was like, he told me how much he got. I was like, I didn't even get half that. And we had more people get the Holy Ghost that weekend than that next weekend. You could go in, you could preach the same amount of time, and you have twice as many get the Holy Ghost, four times as many people get healed, and get a quarter, three quarters less. I guess because you're single, you don't, you don't have a whole lot to live off of. I, I've seen hard times, but I've always had my bills paid, always had food to eat, always had a place to rest my head, I was always taken care of. I was always covered. And when we get married and my wife, it's like, you, you don't work a 40-hour-a-week job? No, baby, you've been dating me for a year and a half. You know this. 
We're going to be in uh, Charleston next weekend. We're going to be in Lemon Springs the next weekend. We're going to be in New Jersey the next weekend. How how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Faith. How's this going to work? It's going to work. Why? God's got this. How can you trust? Been here, done that, got the t-shirt. Come in off of the road, walk into the house and have joy. I've seen God do uh, wonderful things, wonderful things. And sometimes it's hard. My grandparents were driving through today. I'll I'll have to, I'll, I'll just read through the rest of the notes to get to the end of this so that we can finish this and start something else beginning next week. So we, if you kept up, yes, Sister Joelle had her baby. Yeah, that's all right. Give her a hand. Appreciation. She's not here, but she used to be, so she's still apart. She's got tear stains on this platform, and so funny, just the things that have happened since we've been here. Come through one night. We hadn't been here very long. Sister Joelle was dating Ross. I come through, and Sister Jessalyn was on the piano. She was just crying. And I felt the Lord impressed to just begin to speak to her. So I began to speak to her. And it was just within a matter of months, you know, here comes Jerry. Now I feel horrible for even... I sat with my grandparents today. We got to talking. They've got three new grandbabies in our family. And I would have thought, thinking today, today we would have, we would have had four this month, four, four grandbabies. And it's hard to lift your hands in a hospital room when they just told you there's no heartbeat. So we're not just talking to hear our teeth rattle. I'm not just talking so because that's what a pastor does. My job is not to just tell you what to do, beat the cheap and and browbeat. No, I don't do that. If I'm going to get you to worship, I'm going to be up here worshiping. If I'm going to get you here on Tuesday, on, on Monday night prayer, I'm going to be here on Monday night prayer. I'm going to be on the altar praying. I'm going to, I'm, I, I can't tell you to do it if I'm not going to do it myself. So I'm going to tell you right now, you know what? It is hard when you've got bad news to lift up your hands and say, you give and you take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I still have joy, yes. It's hard, but you can do it. And you can cleave to it, and you can turn to your wife and say, everything's going to be okay. Things are going to work out. God's going to bless us. God's going to work with us. You're going to laugh and you're going to find, you're going to have happiness and joy in your life. Why? Because he's the root of it. He's the source of it. 
In the book of Nehemiah, the men of God read the book of the law to the people. And this was how the, the biblical context of people find, finding joy. As the people heard the word of the Lord, they were convicted of the way that, the, the way that they were leaving, living and they began to weep. And so when Nehemiah began to read unto them the word and the men of God began to read unto them the word, an immediate conviction come upon them. And the natural reaction to convention is a, a conviction is godly sorrow and repentance. As the people were weeping, Ezra stood up and declared that the day was holy and that the joy of the Lord would be the strength of the people. The people no longer needed to be grieved or weep because they understood the word of the Lord and they had the wisdom and the knowledge they needed to live a life that was pleasing to God. Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 8 through 12 so they read in the book of the law the, uh, so they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and they gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading Nehemiah which is a, which is the Trishatha and Ezra the priest the scribe and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people this day is holy unto the Lord your God mourn not nor weep for all of the people wept and when they heard the word of the law they said unto him go your way eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy unto our Lord neither be sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength understanding the word and living in a way that pleases God brings a deep and a lasting joy why because my joy is not in this world. My joy is in Him. And if I'm pleasing Him, then I have Him. The Bible said, delight thyself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. He doesn't just give you what you want. If you delight yourself in the Lord, then He is going to give you the desires of your heart. Meaning, He's going to be so infused with you, your desires become His desires, and your wants become what He wants you to have. I want you to know He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have joy. And he wants you to have joy. Happiness is fleeting, but joy is a special, interesting thing of His Spirit living inside of you. And as long as you're communicating with Him and humbling yourself with Him and learning of Him, you will have joy. He didn't say you won't weep. He said weeping endures for the night. Joy comes in the morning. You're going to have it. Understanding the Word of God and living in a way that pleases God brings a deep and lasting joy because we are happiest when we live in a way that aligns with our morals, aligns our morals and our convictions with Him and what He has demanded and asked of us. Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 18 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Why? Because there's joy in it. Romans 14 and 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. Why? Because in having him there is joy. True joy. Three minutes. <clears throat> Hadn't even preached and I'm already losing my voice. They, 
Y'all pray for me. July 6th, I'm going into the doctor. So we'll get this thing figured out. They may put me on voice rest. Y'all just have to pray for me. But anyways, it is important to your health for you to have joy because there are countless stories like linking health and recovery with a positive mental attitude and a belief that all things will get better. Having a merry heart is more than having stuff you want or making the flesh happy by satisfying every need and desire. A merry heart is one that finds good in every situation. The Word of God leads us to an active and healthy soul-saving relationship with God, which is the only thing that can bring joy. The presence of God is fullness of joy. Connecting with the Creator and know that He knows your name, what can be greater than that? Psalms 16 and 11. All of life comes and goes in seasons, but God never changes. That's why you can have joy in Him. He will be with you throughout every moment of your life, and no matter what comes and goes, you are rest assured that in Him you will have joy. You can be assured that you are never alone when you're in a relationship with God, and in the presence of God, you will find complete fullness of joy. Psalm 16 and 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence there is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 35 and 9, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord, and it shall rejoice in his salvation. Psalm 51 and 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And lastly, 1 Peter 1, verses 7 through 9, That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Oh, I don't want you to just be happy. 